0: Well, the Easter season is not over yet, so I can still say Happy Easter to everybody. Okay, so Happy, Happy, Easter. Easter. Happy Easter. Okay. So, we have a nice progression here with the homilies. I don't know how many of you were present for my Easter homily, but for my Easter homily, I spoke about the Paschal Mystery in its three different dimensions. How Christ, on Good Friday, passed over from death to, I'm sorry, passed over... Uh, through the suffering of the cross and how on Easter Sunday he passed over from death to life and how on Ascension Thursday, which we've yet to celebrate, he passes over from this world to the Father. And uh, then last week I talked about uh, the Paschal mystery in terms of God's mercy, how through what Jesus has done for us, through his Passover, we pass over from basically being at enmity with God to having peace with God, and that's an expression of his mercy. And then we take that peace and that mercy of God into our lives and we express it in the seven uh, corporal works of mercy and in the seven uh, spiritual works of mercy. But in my Easter homily, I also mentioned briefly how that Paschal mystery is made uh, present to us through the Eucharist. And so that's what I'm going to speak about today. I'm going to expound upon that a little bit more uh, clearly and, and at further length. Now, if we notice something pretty amazing about our gospel text, our gospel actually contains within it the outline of the Eucharistic liturgy of the Mass. Okay, so uh, we we see in our gospel how they were discussing Old Testament scriptures. Okay, what is it? The first thing that we do when we come to Mass, we have the liturgy of the word, and we begin with reading from the Old Testament. And then they were also discussing in our, in our gospel today, all these different events surrounding Jesus, the person of Jesus. And then after hearing, so also during Mass, after hearing the Old Testament, we hear the gospel. We hear about Jesus and different events surrounding the person of Jesus. And then in our gospel, we saw Jesus interpreting the Old Testament scriptures and kind of tying them together with the different events surrounding his life. So you're taking the two things and you're kind of bringing them together. And that's what happens uh, during the homily, hopefully, when the priest gives the homily. He interprets the scriptures and ties the Old Testament and the New Testament together, puts them together for us. Uh, and then finally, we see Jesus, after having discussed the word of God and preached, essentially given his sermon or his homily, they sit down at table and he takes bread Okay, and he blesses it, and he breaks it, and he gives it to them. Okay, and that is the Eucharistic liturgy. Alright, so if we see in our gospel, we actually see in a sort of a a seed form the outline of the Mass. And uh, what's very interesting and very important is that last phrase that's spoken about, it's mentioned twice because it's very notable, it says that Jesus broke the bread and then the disciples' eyes were opened and they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. Okay, So someone might ask, well, why were their eyes, why were they kind of um, prohibited from actually recognizing Jesus? Why, what was the cause of that? Well, it's because, first and foremost, they didn't recognize the scriptures. They only looked into the scriptures like a lot of the Jews at that time. And they only real, they only could recognize the things in the Old Testament about the Messiah's glory. Okay? Modern psychologists call this confirmation bias. Alright? If we have a uh, pre-disposition in our hearts and our minds to see something, we're going to ignore things that are contrary to the theory that we've got in our mind, and we're only going to notice things that confirm our theory. So there's a confirmation bias, is what it's called. And so the Jews, uh, at at Jesus' day, they were very resentful of the fact that the Romans had them under their thumb and they wanted nothing better but to, you know, shuck off the yoke of the Romans and to be free and to be liberated. And they wanted the Messiah to come along and to do that. So when they read the Old Testament, they only noticed the different passages that portray the Messiah coming in and kind of ruling with an iron rod and kicking the butt of people who were against Israel and making Israel the chief of the nations. Those were the scriptures that they noticed but they didn't notice the passages about the Messiah that had to do with his suffering. They wanted the glory, but not the suffering part of that whole messianic promise of the Old Testament. So, here's Jesus, who everybody's hoping is going to be the Messiah, but he gets killed. Doesn't seem to compute with their theory. Okay, So, they, their eyes, though, are closed to the fullness of, of the scriptural testimony. They don't recognize Jesus in the Bible, and so they don't recognize Him, okay, when they encounter Him. But after Jesus explains the scriptures to them, all of the scriptures, not just the glorious passages, but the suffering passages as well, now they're ready to actually recognize Jesus. And the linchpin of it all comes during the Eucharist. Okay? And so also for us, when we gather here for Mass, we have our hearts and our minds opened up by the scriptures. And we become ready to encounter Jesus in His fullness as He comes to us in the Eucharist. And then it's neat too because we, as soon as Jesus breaks the bread, He disappears. Alright? And the, the reason why is He's trying to say, I am here presence in the Eucharist. And you have to believe that by faith. You cannot see me, you have to believe that I am truly, really present. In my resurrected flesh, as well as my divinity, I'm here present. So that's kind of what he was saying. Now, I'll do a little illustration here. There's something kind of neat about all of this. We hear this phrase, breaking of the bread. Okay? And actually, that is the most, uh, primitive term for the Eucharist, is the breaking of the bread. So before it was called the Eucharist, it was actually called the breaking of the bread. Alright? And, uh, that is a very important part of the liturgy this whole thing of breaking now we actually still have that to this day all right so basically this ritual has kind of like the different elements of the eucharistic ritual have gone through a great evolution over the ages but the the same elements that were there when jesus celebrated the eucharist are still here with us today so it says jesus took the bread okay that's our offertory when we bring up the gifts and you see the priest do these kind of initial prayers. Okay, that's that's the offertory. Then it says he gave the then he gave the blessing. That actually the blessing actually are a blessing of God. It's prayers to God, and that's the kind of the meat of the Eucharistic prayer when the priest is praying to God. All right, during the Eucharist, and then it says he breaks the bread. Now that is still within our uh, Eucharistic liturgy to this day. In Latin, it's called the fraxio uh, or the fraction. Okay. And we could miss it if we're not really careful. And I want everybody to pay real close attention to the fraction today when we celebrate the Eucharist. It happens uh, right after the Our Father. So we pray the Our Father, okay, Then we do the sign of peace, okay. And oftentimes people are still giving everybody each other high fives while the fraction is still going on. So you gotta you know give the give the piece, which is real important because we're taking that Paschal piece that Christ has won for us and we're giving it to our neighbor. Do that, it's a very important thing. But then just kind of settle down and you pay attention to the next stage, we start doing the Lamb of God, the you Dei. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us, we do that twice, and then we end with grant us peace. While while we're doing that, the priest is doing the fraction. He's breaking the bread. Okay, It's the same thing that Jesus did uh, 2,000 years later. We'll, we're still doing that. And what's neat is, just as in our text, the resurrected Christ was recognized in the fraction or in the breaking of the bread, so also we have that in our Mass. So if you look, the priest will break the host, he'll take a little piece from the host and he'll place it in the chalice. Okay, That is a symbol of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. During the Mass, there is a double consecration. There's a consecration of the bread and there's a consecration of the wine and that symbolically me uh signifies the separation of the blood from the body of Christ it's a signification of his death okay because if you take most people's blood out of their body they're dead right so it's the separation of the two that actually signifies his death but then when they're put back together when the host is placed back in the chalice it signifies their reunification and his consequently his resurrection from the dead Okay, so that, so right after the fraction, or right within the fraction, we see Christ's resurrection, and then the priest holds up the host and he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. And so now, the resurrected Jesus Christ is being displayed to the eyes of faith. Jesus, risen from the dead, is really present in the Eucharist, and He's here, and we are beholding Him, But we need eyes of faith to actually recognize him. So may it be for us as it was with the disciples here on the road to Emmaus. May our eyes be open to recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. Uh, Just some practical applications here. Notice the disciples. Okay, here they are. They explain their situation to Jesus. And Jesus says, oh, how foolish you are. Okay, and then he goes and he he, he, uh, proceeds to correct them basically school them. But you know what? They didn't get offended. I think most people, if you call them, you know, how foolish, you know, you just shut the person down. Just insult me. I'm not going to listen to you. Okay? But these guys were really humble. They actually said, okay, well, maybe we're wrong. Maybe there's there's something missing here. So let's listen. So in their humility, they had open minds They were able to be illuminated. So also, when we come to Mass, we're going to hear some hard stuff. You know, we're going to hear hard stuff from the scriptures, and then the priest maybe is going to say some hard stuff too. And in our humility, if we receive that correction, our eyes of our minds and our hearts will be opened, and we're going to get treated to a revelation of mysteries, just as the two disciples on the road to Emmaus were so treated. Uh, we see them, uh, their hearts, burning with love for the word of God. So also, we need to love the word of God. And and when we do that, when we love the Word of God, when our hearts burn for the Word of God, we'll be able to really encounter Jesus in the Eucharist. So when we come here and we listen to the Word and we listen to the homily, we should uh, dispose ourselves with great love for the Word of God. And in doing so, we're going to get all the closer, all the more closer to Jesus when we come to celebrate the Eucharist. Uh, Also, just like the disciples had a hard time. Accepting all of the scriptural testimony about Jesus, both the good and the bad, the glorious and the suffering parts. So also in our lives, we need to accept the bad as well as the good. Okay, The suffering parts of the Christian life as well as the glory parts. Okay? Jesus did two things to the, uh, during the Eucharist. There was a blessing part, but there was also the breaking part. Okay, so we gotta we gotta be accepting of the breaking part in our lives. Christ is gonna take us into His hands, and He's gonna break us. All right, if anybody wants to follow Christ, he or she will suffer hardship in this life. It's just an inevitable part of the Christian vocation, and uh, in that breaking. We recognize Jesus. It's actually a way of getting closer to Jesus because he was broken on the cross on Good Friday. And so in our lives, when we experience that breaking, we identify with him, we get closer to him. Our eyes are opened and we recognize him. And it's the Eucharist, my brothers and sisters, that really enables us to accept that, those things that happen to us in life that are tough, the breaking parts. Okay, It's the Eucharist that gives us Christ's love that integrates us into that Paschal mystery so that we can then live it out in our lives. So in closing, my brothers and sisters, let us recognize the Paschal mystery as present to us in the breaking of the bread in the Eucharist. It is the Eucharistic liturgy that more than anything allows us to recognize Jesus and commune with him. And when, with hearts prepared by the word of God, we participate in the Eucharist, we begin to recognize Jesus, not only on Sundays at Mass, but every day of the week in the totality of our lives, in the good times and in the bad. Through the Eucharist, may our eyes be opened to the Paschal mystery at all times and in all circumstances of our lives.